0: And welcome to another edition of the Copcast podcast. It is Sunday night. It is Liverpool 3. Champions elect Leicester City 0. I heard three three pundits today suggest that Leicester were going to win. And Leicester rocked up to Anfield and went away with a slightly less than nothing. And they were lucky to get nil. To be honest, so to discuss an absolutely dominant performance from the Liverpool B team, I've got Beryl Agus in the Netherlands. Beryl, did you have a lovely time?
1: Yeah, I quite enjoyed that. How, how about you? Did you like it? I did. I had a delightful Sunday evening. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, it was good. Uh, I, I can't. I, I can't remember the last time I was that relaxed watching us play, apart from Avalanta. But good, Um, and I've also got I've got um, Andy Bale, who's over Liverpool. Andy, how are you?
2: I'm marvelous, I'm marvelous. How could you not be after that? Like you say, I was just so relaxed watching that. I wasn't worried for one second once I saw how it started. And yeah, it's it's two and two for Liverpool reserves after uh, Everton last Christmas. So yeah, marvelous. Can't can't ask for any (laughs) more.
0: No, absolutely not And to complete our panel this evening I have our resident scouter, Jay Reid Jay, how are you doing?
3: Splendid mate, the return of football Real football is back Not this international shite that we've had to endure for two weeks um, Well, no, you Johnny's, haven't had Johnny's, you have,
0: Johnny's had the Northern Irish Blues and so have you Yeah, Don't, listen, you haven't had to endure international football You've just had to be patient We have had to endure international football but that is over with now and I'm trying to get that way way behind me in the distance so Jay let's get into the Reds um it's 64 games unbeaten in Anfield 64 league games I think the next longest unbeaten sequence in the Premier League is like three or something so Leicester rocked up the team that were briefly top of the league um that smashed Man City 5 in their own backyard, arrested and rejuvenated Jamie Vardy, who likes to run in behind our ever precarious high line that doesn't have Van Dijk or Gomez, or Trent, for that matter. And, well, Leicester went away with absolutely nothing, and it was probably our, I'd say it's probably our best performance of the season.
3: League-wise, yeah. Um, I yeah. think as a bit also. That's a would be probably what we would say, our best performance, a tackle measure. But overall, yeah, probably, yeah. From back to front, I don't think there was a bad performance on the pitch today. Um, I think the team pretty much picked itself. We were having the discussion through the week on WhatsApp. What would be the line-up? And I think there was only a couple of contentious places up for grabs. It would be, whether it would be Milner or Nico at right back, how would the midfield line-up? I think we pretty much all nailed on Ginny and Naby as the start because Thiago was more questionable than Fab, and if Fab was going to play, we expect them to be in the back line. Given it was Leicester rather than say Brighton next week, Casas um, gets the nod in midfield. Big show of confidence in him, and boy, did he reward it today! I think he he's now starting to feel part of the the first team rather than you know just a, a squad player. He's starting to feel like he's part of it now. And I think every game he plays, he is he's settling down. He looks more confident. That was by far and away as best performance in a in a red shirt at the first team level, so there's more than enough positives for us to talk about tonight, but yeah, Leicester rocked up again, tails high, went back with them, firmly wagging between the legs, so you can't really ask for much more to say we're back into league football now after the international break and we shut a lot of people up because there was more than enough question marks, more than enough pundits, as you say, writing us off with the injuries we had, we're not the only one with injuries, but we have got 10. I think we could nominate the first 10 that will easily be competitive in the league that we're missing um, this evening. So, yeah, there's question marks there. But Leicester have got injuries, we're fine, you know. We've got what's that four of the big six nominally that we've played now? I think it's only United and Spurs that we've not played this season, and we've got so Spurs then,
0: yeah,
3: oh well, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. We battered them all away, haven't we? Um, so, but it on like as as it goes on. I, I think I don't know if I've said it on this podcast or a different one. I think we're going to get to Christmas and you'll see a gap opening up. And once that gap opens up, like it did last season, I don't think the chase and pack have got the legs to catch us again. So, just knuckle down, take it game by game. I know it's cliche, but you know it, that's all we've got to do is just look after ourselves and the. The rest of the chips
0: will keep falling where they land. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, they Jay calls out a couple of a couple of a couple of points there. Um, I think first and foremost, I think Curtis Jones' performance in midfield is really, really good. It's so mature. Um, I think key to the success of playing a team like Leicester is trying to um, essentially. Cut them off at the roots. Don't allow them to build in the back play between the lines, and and snuff out those counter attacks before they even become a counter attack. And really did go about his business so conscientiously. His use of the ball was sensible. Um, I think his decision making was a lot better, and he looks as though he's starting to grow into a proper first team option now.
1: Yeah, yeah I, I couldn't agree more, uh, Dave. It's um, 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 w- We talked about him, I, I, I believe, after the Atalanta game uh, in which he uh, played for 90 minutes as well. And, and he, he made uh, a couple of little mistakes there. But, you know, uh, it, were, it was a game we, in which we dominated as well. But this game, it was, as you said, it was incredibly mature. And, and I think... Um, tactically, mm. the the roles the midfielders in this four three three setup have to play are, are the difficult. Is the most difficult um, um, from uh, from from this tactic. It's um, uh, it, and, and for, for a young player who, who wants to show uh, everything he has and 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 he has lots of uh, you know uh, he has he has skills he has these, these little tricks uh, that he was used to do and uh, used to be doing. And pulling off, and uh, at uh, at the academy level, and now he needs to be disciplined, and he uh, he needs to check w- what what to do every moment, and and he needs to to be um, um, modest about you know and, and choosing uh, the, the logical, rational uh, pass in, in, instead of the the Hollywood pass, and and he did. I didn't think he he had any mistake. He, he lost the ball once. And uh, and it was uh, it, it was um, it, it, it was uh, immediately corrected. So uh, I, I think he played a very very good game, and I, I didn't think he had it in him. And uh, and uh, and he he's fit. So yeah, he is he is an option, and he's showing that he's uh, he's not an option you should be worried about. Um, this is a uh, this is a time uh, when when. Players have to to step up if they want to to stake a claim for a for a a, a role in this in this team, and and he is doing that. He's he, he was absolutely um, he, he didn't stand out um, um, other than being uh, very good and and uh, fitting in this machine. He was very good.
0: Yeah, um, some really good performances out there tonight, Andy. And I think one. One performance that I really enjoyed was was Milner at right-back. I think particularly first half. um, Well, obviously Naby goes off and he has to slot in the midfield. And um, he still does a great job there. But we always feel that when Trent's not there, it really compromises our ability to create, um, our ability to play that big switch full-back to full-back, which is such a staple part of our game. It's almost the Liverpool trademark under Jurgen Klopp. But Milner, some of Milner's passing was so incisive in defeat, into the channels, finding players in between the lines. And as good as Robbo was, a lot of good play from us in the first half started from him down that right-hand side. And that's really encouraging knowing that Trent's going to be out for you know at least a few more weeks.
2: Yeah, I just, uh, I just caught Milner's interview actually there. I'm not sure if any of you guys have seen it. Um, just after the game before we started recording uh, and Jeff Shreve sort of asked him about, uh, oh, you were targeted down that side and he was like, yeah, well, to be fair I would have done the same if I was them, so you know, he's uh, he's not unaware of that sort of thing, you know, he, he knows uh, he knew exactly what was going to happen, up against you know, James Justin, who I thought was very good tonight, um, and Harvey Barnes, who is sort of, yeah, he's kind of like the, the quintessential Liverpool target of seven years ago, but I still think he's a good player um, and that was difficult, and I've always said this about James Milner sort of in the last year or two. He is an absolutely massive asset for us if he's fresh. Now, that's the thing. Now, we all know he's been playing since he was, what, 16 or something ridiculous. He made his Premier League debut. I don't even know if I was alive at the time. And we've seen that. I think we talked about it in, uh, what was the podcast I did, Sheffield United or West Ham about, like, Firmino and the fact he had... He was thrown in at so young and we've seen it with Rooney. We've seen it with Owen and um, players like that sometimes just can't keep going. If they've so many minutes and miles in their legs uh, at an early age, we all know how much James Miller looks after himself. We joke about it all the time, but it's he's such a sort of testament to himself. As you say, I thought his use of the ball was superb tonight. I think he ends up with, with two assists, doesn't he? If you count the, if you count the own goal as well. And, I always just I just think back throughout James Milner's Liverpool career. And the only times I've really been frustrated with him, especially in the last sort of three or four years, are when his legs have fallen off a bit. It's when he's played a bit too much football. It's when he's being asked to do a bit too much. Think back to that season he played left-back. First half of the season, he been incredible. Best left-back in the league, by far, for me. And then the second half of it, it sort of was a little bit more turgid. He struggled a bit more. But that was because he was having to play there every week. And that's ultimately why we ended up signing a Robertson because, you know, you look at the bench, you couldn't put a Moreno in there or something like that. Um, I thought he was brilliant at right back. I thought he was brilliant when he went into midfield. And listen, you know, I just think with James Milner, it's all about managing his minutes. Uh, He can't play midweek. Just keep that guy fresh as much as we can. I don't think we even need to look at him as a guy who can come in and do a job, like the, the kind of journeyman reputation which he has. I think he's somebody that can actually be a real asset to us in a positive way and somebody we can put in and can make a massive difference to performances like he did tonight. And as long as we don't rely on him, as long as we don't ask him to do the midweek and then the weekend, as long as we maximum one game a week, I would say. um, And Look, we may not have that luxury uh, with the way things are going, especially with the injuries, but I just hope we do because I think he's he's a really, really brilliant footballer um, and just, (laughs) just like a credit to himself to how he's still going. Uh, after all this time.
0: Yeah, 100%. And I think uh, when you've got Virgil missing and you've got... I oh, will mentioned him. Fuck's sake. When you've got Van Dijk missing and you've got Henderson missing, you know, he is... His importance in the team is escalated at that point um, because you do need that leadership in there. You need that experience in there, especially when you have a couple of the younger lads. Jones in playing. John is just settling in. Williams then has to come on after Naby Keita comes off. And that, I suppose, takes us to the Naby Keita conundrum. Jay, he, he starts and I think, he, he's, I think he, he plays really well. Again, he's busy. He's good in the press. He's using the ball. Sensible. It's good. There's a couple of times where he breaks the lines and creates things and commits defenders There's a Brilliant ball he plays down the left-hand side um, to set Mane away in the first half. 55 minutes in, you're all, you, you could you can nearly script it at the minute. If anybody was going to come off the pitch enter today, it was going to be Nabi And lo and behold, yeah, he's lying in the penalty area, holding his hamstring. And it's almost the most predictable thing that you could see happening tonight. So what do we do with him? I don't know. Get a grip at
3: the Guinea, Guinea manager. I I've just seen it then on Twitter he's not played for five weeks and goes away with Guinea and plays ninety five minutes two games in a row. So on oh, a pitch it, that looked like a car park on a on a pitch that looked like it wouldn't be fit for a builder's yard. Um, you know that's not the second. I think it's the third time now he's gone away with Guinea and come back injured or got injured within coming back and. You can understand the lad wants to go, he wants to play for his country, it's, it's national pride and the the national team of Guinea, you wouldn't even be able to name another player I don't think who is, is recognisable to the, the open world, um, unless you really know African football. So he's the big name, he's a star man, he's going to play, but come on, a bit of common sense needs to be had and we're pushed for numbers as it is in midfield, like with Fabinho having to drop back, Thiago... Looks like he's been very carefully managed after the horrific tackle slash injury which he received. And yeah, as you say, it was if anyone was coming off the pitch tonight with injury, he was top of the list by a mile. Um, hopefully, it's a little bit of a precaution and he's just felt it and doesn't want to push it. But as we've seen with Fabinho, that's what, three or four weeks he missed. Um, at what's coming into a busy time of the year, where three or four weeks out is in realistically seven or eight games. So we, we can't be doing with that. And he was doing really well. The midfield was functioning really well. Um And they were rotating as well. Like You'd often see times when Ginny would push forward and you'd see Naby drop in. You'd see Curtis switch to the left and Naby switch to the right. And it was just functional. And I, I, I can't remember who mentioned it in the group before, the game, and he said that we're really going to miss Hendo. And that, that's the obvious thought, but we didn't tonight because the midfield worked. And it, it's just really unfortunate that we can't get a run of games and fitness out of him because you can see the quality when he's on the pitch, but we just can't keep him. That's the frustrating part.
0: Yeah, it's, it's getting to a point now where, you know, I would say... I would, I would doubt he started 10 consecutive games.
3: I, I would doubt he started more than seven, personally, uh, in a row. Um, and, unfortunately for him, I hate to say it because I really raise him and I like the lad and, and I think he's got a lot to offer. His days could well be numbered at us in terms of his availability. You, you've seen it with, like, I know Lalana was aging and stuff and Sturridge was getting on a bit, but Availability is key. And if you can't be available for us on 75 80 percent of the season, then unfortunately is it is it really worth you keeping is it really worth Liverpool keeping you around when you know we we need players, the the intensity
0: we play, the amount of games we play, we can't afford to carry too many passengers? No, hundred percent. And if we're gonna talk, you know, strictly. Business here, you're not really getting value for money from Nabi Kaida, neither on his transfer fee or probably what you're paying him. And, no. uh, and and you might be right. A decision might have to a decision might have to be made about what we do with him moving forward, um, because we've seen the attempts to take him out for extended periods of time, um, and you know excuses were made. He's getting used to the used to the games, used to the winter break, used to this the speed of the Premier League because it's the fastest league in the world. I don't I
3: think he's got an adjustment with
0: I like, I think it's just
3: A, his body probably cannot seem to to compete with the, the 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 intensity of how we play. I think that's what it might be. And again the mismanagement on international duty doesn't help. Like but you, like, it, it does sound like you're constantly making excuses for the lad, but maybe it just is one of them cases where he's just not suited. Like we've had players I know it's a different situation, but take it back to Aquilani years ago. Like he was just never ever suited to the Premier League. And and he suffered a lot of injuries and it just didn't work for him. Sometimes these players, it just doesn't work. And like with Aqualani, we, we sort of wasted a lot of money. We're gonna take a hit if we were to sell in the next twelve months. But business wise, if push comes to shove, we might just have to do it.
0: Yeah, and you know, thankfully it's not us that have to make those decisions, Um or Twitter, because I think Twitter would be selling selling the whole squad, certainly, <laughs> yes. at, at, at one point, one point during the season or another. But all, um, we get the opening goal, it's a really strange Johnny Evans' own goal, Um he's trying to, I don't know, molest Mane, and they just inadvertently, like, Heads it into the net. I don't even know if he knows what the ball is. It looks like it just hits him in the back of the head and goes in the net. So happy days. But then a goal of real quality. Real quality. And it's that man again, Jotter. He pops up. It's a lovely glanced header. It's textbook robo delivery from the left-hand side. Um, But something you called out in the group was it's a 30 pass move before it ends up in the back of the net and this is really starting to become um, a a massive part of how we play, starving the other team of possession, moving them around mentally exhausting them to the point where that movement of the front three finds space and the delivery, if it's as good as that then those lads are going to stick the ball in the net and you know, it's one of those goals that I'm gonna go. I'm gonna have to go back and just watch it from the start, just to just to see it in all of its glory.
1: Yeah, uh, I, uh, one of the goals that I have rewatched uh, a couple of times, and this is a, a bit a bit uh, sadomasochistic of, uh, of me, is the goal we scored not last season but the season before, um, which was at that point the one one against uh, Manchester City. At the Etihad, uh, we lost that game, and 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 in the end, it, it meant we lost uh, the league. But that goal we scored was was magnificent. It was probably the best goal we scored that that season. And and this is, uh, I I don't know if it's that magnificent, but uh, uh, then again, it's uh, you, you know uh, the 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 fig- the figures the facts state that this is uh, according to Opta. Uh, this is the the sequence, uh, um, uh, the, the longest sequence they have ever recorded uh, as a build-up to a goal. So you know, um, without a, a Leicester player touching the, the ball, uh, we moved it, we passed it 30 times until uh, Robbo um, gives his glorious um, uh, cross, and and the movement is great by Jota, and he heads it in, uh, leaving Johnny Evans even more unhappy. <laughs> than he was um it, it, it this is something we we have uh, started doing you know we, we were the team and and and, and some l- really lazy commentators and lazy uh, so-called uh, pundits uh, still call us the uh, the heavy metal team but you know we haven't been that for a very long while and we've uh, we've gradually changed into a team that there's really good in, in keeping the ball and, and not just, you know, just to keep it, but, and, and I think that's a, it's a, it's a, is a crucial difference because, you know, the, the tiki-taka from uh, the, the, the pep days from Barcelona was, was also a defensive tactics, uh, you know, just to keep the ball. And if you have the ball, the other side can't score, but, uh, This this was purposeful. And 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 you can, if you watch as many uh, games of Liverpool as we do, you can see see and you can predict what what the next pass will be because there are some really um, uh, distinct moves that that keep keep being um, played and and repeat them, repeat them, repeat them. And and at some point, uh, just... Uh, the 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 space opens up shoto has this movement and and a rubber got the ball and he he uh, there was a challenge i believe by barnes and he, he still won it and um he could have played the ball to money and i was thinking why didn't you play the ball to money and then he crossed and you know i uh, <laughs> i was clearly wrong because it was a it was a glorious uh, cross and it was very good movement it was a very good goal so um um we are um, we are playing a different game than we were playing two years ago, and, um, and maybe even a year ago, and and we are getting really good at it, and and it touches us on on something we have um, uh, said before, um, that it, it it it's it's not so much the personnel, but it's more the system that we are playing, and and you know the, the personnel has has some minimum requirements, of course, but if you have the discipline within this setup, then then the team is going to play well. The, the cross pass, which was a glorious cross pass from uh, to to Robo, was from uh, was from Curtis Jones, uh, and normally uh, Trent would have given this ball, but this this time it was another um, of our academy products who gave gave this really good ball and uh, et etc. Cetera, et cetera. So um, yeah, uh, this was why this was a very comfortable watch and it was a very pleasant watch because we were really good. We we earned those points and we could have had a lot more goals than we had.
0: Yeah, we, we absolutely could have had a lot more goals than we had, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I thought at one point, is Firmino ever going to score for Liverpool <laughs> again? <laughs> is he ever going to score again? Oh. It's like... and. He's probably the biggest culprit. Um, you know, there's there's a fair few good opportunities missed. The one he hits the post that comes back to him, and then there's the one that's cleared. Is is that is that isn't even the one that's cleared off the line. Is no, the that,
2: that's, that's the same one, isn't it? That's um, the same one. Yeah.
0: It's not even cleared off the line. It's cleared from all practically behind the line. Um and then there's the other one that comes out to him and it doesn't quite get to him, and then there's the one in the first half that's headed back across, but for a man out of confidence in front of goal in a Liverpool shirt, boys Bois Adir, that is an absolutely tremendous header. He sinks right in the bottom corner. And I think for me, that got the biggest cheer of the night because that is a monkey off his back.
2: 100 biggest cheer of the night for me. Yeah, he's low-key brilliant in the air, Bobby Firmino. Um, he scored a lot of a lot of those types of goals for us. And I always think back to it, I think I was reading a book. Um, and there was a I can't remember whether there was about Alex Ferguson or there was a chapter on it, but he always said um about having players in the box. Uh, and he didn't say those who can head the ball. He's uh, I can't remember what the phrase he used. He said I want players in the box from the corner who can score with their head, not just head the ball. You know what I mean. So he always get Dimitar Berbatov up there, even though maybe he wasn't gonna outleap John Terry or something like that. But if the ball got to his head, he was gonna put it in. And I always sort of liken that to Bobby Firmino. Um, that is a man that can score with his head. He's got 50. I think he's 59 Premier League goals and 14 of them have been headers, which is I don't know what the average is for a, a sort of striker, but I can't imagine it's it's that good for the most part. Um. I can't really, for a player like that, obviously, you know, we've had the Benteke's and the Andy Carroll's, but I can't really remember a striker who's been successful for us, apart from maybe Torres, who's been as good with her head. Um, yeah, I, I actually think Firmino was really good tonight. I thought it before, before he was sort of missing the chances, and um, I thought it's one of those where, you know, if, if Bobby Firmino wasn't playing well... This, this Liverpool team doesn't, doesn't function at all. I know that's a cliche. I know we've been all saying that for years, but the people that have sort of said he's been dreadful this season or whatever, you don't create that many chances carrying one of your front three. You know what I mean? And and Firmino's one of those players who, if he's not getting the chance or if he's missing the chances, he's always doing something with his movement or whatever. And, for me, Firmino has been a frustrating player at certain times. I think even in his best seasons for Liverpool, there are games where you just think, oh, Bobby, I just wish you'd put the ball in the net for us and take that chance that puts us 2-0 up. And listen, he's he's never going to he's never gonna be that 30-goal-a-season striker. And you see on on Twitter and, and people who support other teams joking about like, oh, defensive striker or striker number nine who doesn't score goals. And it's a bit like, well, how's your team doing when you're out and out number nine? You know what I mean? How's, how's your team doing with your Anthony Martial? How's your team doing with your, uh, you know, whatever? They're, they're 20 points behind us. And they've not been as good as us for, for, for pretty much two years now. Um, so at some point, do these people not ask themselves, <laughs> well, see, something's going right. You know what I mean? Something, doesn't matter if it's Manny, doesn't matter if it's Jota or Salah or another player. Liverpool are finding ways to win games with Firmino on the side, Firmino not overly, or not scoring on, 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 with any sort of great regularity. So yeah, I I mean, I, I really like him. I thought, um, I think when he's, when he's not been playing well this season, it's been sort of endemic of the whole team. It's been a bit slow. It's been a bit labored It's been a bit, let's let the opposition set in shape before we decide to play the pass we're going to play. Um, and maybe he's just been a bit like that at times, but I think that's, that's just one of those things. It's difficult playing number nine. Um, in this Liverpool side where 90% of teams park the bus and, and have no interest in scoring a goal and tonight was a great game for him I thought Atlanta away was, was a was a perfect game for him as well I bet he was absolutely fuming he was on the bench for that one after doing the hard yards against Sheffield United against West Ham against these teams where there's hardly any space um, no like I, I, I think he was good tonight obviously we'd all like him to be a bit more clinical but I think we're at the point now where we, we just accept Bobby for what he is and I for one absolutely adore him
0: yeah, I, I I would you'll do well. I think I probably know one Liverpool fan that doesn't read him but that's the side note. Um, yeah, I just to stick on Firmino for a minute. I think it's his best game of the season. I think he's absolutely superb. His link-up plays brilliant. Um, where Bobby doesn't play well, he tends to stink the place out a little bit. His his touch can be loose. His passes, his, his passing can be off, but his little balls around the corner tonight, um, little toe pokes down the line to send people away. And he played really, really deep, um, really deep, uh, dropped into all kinds of midfield spaces, um, allowed that allowed the opportunity for particularly Jada um, to fill the number nine position. But he does so much work all over the pitch tonight. And I think he's really integral to the win. I think...
3: It was Klopp that said, if you watch the game, you sometimes don't see Bobby Firmino, but if you watch Bobby Firmino, you see the whole game, and that tells the whole story. If you watch the game as a bare basic football fan, and you think that lad in the number nine, as Andy just said, should be top of the pitch, banging goals in, then Harry Kane doesn't wear number nine, but Harry Kane is probably the best number nine in the league, Um that you'll get because he, he does everything around the penalty box and if you watch Bobby Firmino he's not that player but to what our system is and if you've not understood our system for the last four years then you don't understand how we play football it's as simple as that um, yeah he comes deep but as you say it allows Mane and Jota to, to roam. and there was times when Jota pops up on the left he pops up on the right he pops up down the middle and that must be a defender's nightmare, especially if you're playing a back three. And even like the mere mortal that is, Jamie Carragher, picked up on the fact that he was breaking the space between Fuchs and Evans more than three or four times in the first half that he, he got himself in. Man, he was doing it between Fofana and Evans. He, he had a bit more of a a challenging game for Fafara a good player. Um, he Obviously, he's a lot younger than Fuchs, a bit more athletic, but... He gave money a bit more of a, a challenge something to think about but he still had chances throughout the game as well but Joss, especially was just running riots all day and if you are playing as a back three then you do you, do you go out with money? Uh, do you go out with Firmino into midfield or do you try and call one of your midfielders back to drop him and pick him up and it just creates confusion and that's the sign of a clever player if you can Cause confusion and chaos amongst the opposition, and allow your, your other teammates to to roam free and cause more chaos and confusion. Then it's only a recipe for disaster if you're the defending team, and a recipe for success if you're the attacking team. So, I think there's been signs that he was coming back, and it was at Man, Man City. Man was our last game, and when he went off the pitch, you thought, well, he's been shite. He stuck the place out. He's not done nothing. But as soon as Bobby went off the pitch, we kept the same shape, but the team just fell apart. We lost any grip that we had on the game, and I know Man City come back into it because Pep had figured out what we were doing, and they got a bit more of a stranglehold on the game. But once Firmino went out the game, the whole pressing game seemed to fall apart, the whole structure of the team seemed to fall apart, and we were hanging on. So even if he does have a bad game, he's still influencing the team. It's hard to think of another player even remotely like him and I know like last night we had a small discussion as well like look at what Erlen Haaland's doing at Dortmund and would you take him or Mbappe and as a number nine Haaland for me all day but he's a completely different number nine to what Bobby is it would change the way we played if we did get someone like him but for now we've got Bobby it's worked well for the last four years so we just got to go with it because it's it's doing the success over the long run. We're going to come out better off than what, worse off. So I'm not too worried about him. That goal, as you say, was a big monkey off his back.
0: Yeah, um, really, really pleased for him. I think I think he needed that. And like I say, that one that hits a post, just please, maybe, just maybe he just away. needed
3: that time in Brazil. Like he just needed a from the, I know it, it's not ideal the, the travelling and the time away that it takes like his I think it was like sixteen hour flight to Uruguay that he had to endure coming back but getting out of the bubble that is Liverpool and the Premier League and just enjoying a little bit of the Brazilian lifestyle I know he's playing football and he's there to do a job but you know he, he he's only human like he, he might have just needed a little bit of a break and we all hate internationals but it could have just revitalised him he, he plays a different role for Brazil and he gets goals and it might have just relieved a little bit of pressure. You just don't know. Like until you speak to the lad, and no one of us is ever going to speak to him. And he doesn't do any English media work, so who would know? But it, it might have just revitalised him. You just don't know.
0: Yeah, it's um, it's certainly refreshing to see him put that performance in. Um, and all round, it's just it's just a really comprehensive victory. It's not necessarily the lineup that we're used to seeing from this Liverpool team, but it's certainly the sort of performance that we're used to seeing. Um, however, all, there's two teams that are now starting to deliver performances that we're not really used to seeing. And um, let's start with, let's start with Spurs. Um, Spurs are top of the league. Spurs of, Spurs of 20 points. Their goal difference is far superior than ours because of the freak Villa Park, Villa Park gate um, but, you know, they they really got a number in City yesterday. They're not the first team to do that this season. Um, that seems to be coming a bit of a pattern with Pep. It's very first season syndrome with him at the minute, but Spurs, apart from kind of that weird collapse they had in the last 10 minutes against West Ham, they've kind of gone under the radar a little bit, and as far as people call the Mourinho out as... You know a busted flush and a dinosaur and or whatever else has been labelled on him. And let me tell you, I would be the first to throw mud at Mourinho because I think he's an absolute prick, and I wish him all of the misfortune in the world of football that that is possible. But he looks, to, he looks as though he's got something right at Spurs. Uh,
1: the results are clear. Yeah, uh, he, he, he must have done something right, but. Um... Um, I think uh, I think we talked about this before that this would be an attritional season. And, you know, if, if anyone does football attritional, uh, it's 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 bound to be Jose. But um, and he, he's good at it. He he likes um, he, he likes, you know, if, if you have your uh, favorite metaphor for what football is and some are romantics, and and, uh, and and others see it as 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 war, and 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 this is why he's he's a prick, um, and because he thinks everything you can do to win is is fair, uh, and and a romantic wouldn't uh, wouldn't have that. So, uh, but you know, this is a attritional season, uh, and he's good at it, and, and I think he benefits massively from the fact that there there is no. Uh, No audience to get on on the teams back when they uh when they don't play football and just wait for the other team to to make a mistake and then uh try to uh try to score uh uh, in in a counter attack and and uh, and they are um they are very well equipped for that in the sense that they have they have uh, son who is very quick uh, on the first meters and uh you know and and he knows how to score a goal and he seems to have a very good click with uh, with Harry Kane at this at this point, who seems to have um, accepted the fact that that uh, if he needs to run up and down the the pitch, then then he's too slow for for on, on both sides of the pitch. And uh, if he stays more behind the um, behind Son, he can he can actually deliver uh, an assist. You know, his passing has been sensational, I have to say. And, uh, and so if you have a combination that, that works like that, so if you, and especially against um, um, a high line of defense uh, like they did against Southampton, I, I watched that game against Southampton and they were atrocious in the first half and, and they, were, they went behind um, uh, rightly so and, and, um, and Southampton should have been up um, more than by one goal. Uh, but then, then they scored, and they, uh, Spurs scored, a, you know, a, a bit of a lucky goal, and and then they totally obliterated them in second half because you know uh, Southampton persevered in in having this very high line, uh, and and it didn't work. It, it clearly didn't work, and I think uh, what Man City did was was the same. They had this high line, and uh, you you can have a high line, but you have to. To press, uh, especially the people who can give a pass. And, and for the first one was Ndombélé, um, uh, who, who, is, who is a, a player, um, and not not a, a perfect player, but and, and he has a, had his conflicts with Mourinho. But you know, if you get him to play, he can he can deliver a pass. And they have uh, uh, lots of very quick uh, forwards: Son, Bergwijn, um, uh, Lucas Moura. Um, so yeah, uh, I think they might be a threat because of the this this very strange season. Um, but on the other hand, uh, you know, Harry Kane isn't isn't going to stay fit for all of the season. And uh, yeah, I you know, it's, I I I I remain uh, on the fence on this. But uh, they, you know, they have been um, performing well up to this point.
0: Yeah, Andy. <sighs> I don't know, I'm beginning to nearly think that the kind of evolution of football um, to a, a, a more aggressive, pressing game, a game played in one half, where you dominate and suffocate the other team and try and win the ball back high up in the pitch, it's almost lent itself to Mourinho's strengths, where he's quite happy to organise his team, to sit in and defend deep and be or uh, and be disciplined um, and starve the opposition of being able to get into areas of the pitch where they can really hurt you. And we saw that with, with City yesterday. Um, City had 20 shots or something, but it never really. I don't think I remember Loris making a significant save or a, or a really clear-cut chance being missed. And um, with the players that he has at his disposal, um, he can just set them off and say, Go ahead, lads, just use all that space in behind. We'll we'll sit back here and we'll we'll create that space for you. And if a team's gonna play a line, you know, on the half or even five, ten yards inside their own half, then we'll create that opportunity for for you to exploit that. And it seems to be panning out that way because as Barrow mentions, there are even Southampton teams like this, they're You know, they're starting to be a bit more progressive in how they play football. And um, there's a chance that Mourinho could do some damage with Spurs this season.
2: I think, yeah. I think. On the first part of what you're saying there, the, the sort of the cliche goes is you can't press a team that don't want the ball. You know what I mean? If they're happy to get rid of it and sort of get the guys up the pitch. And when you've got somebody of the quality of Harry Kane, who like Jay mentions him as, uh, as that out and out number nine, the quintessential out and out number nine, and he is brilliant at all those things as well, but he also does the sort of Firmino-esque things really well as well. Um, and he's such an asset to them. There's two reasons why I'm not worried about them. The first is the last thing that Burrell mentioned uh, is Kane and Son stand fit? Like they're riding the absolute crest of a wave with those guys at the minute. I think the the combinations in terms of goals and assists between them is, is far outweighs anyone else in the league. Um, and they're two fantastic players. There's absolutely no doubt about that. You see the the first goal yesterday is just, you know, Kane drops in, takes Laporte with him, Son exposes the space. And because they're such intelligent players to match their quality and their pace, um, they're very dangerous. There's absolutely no doubt about that. However, Spurs like us are playing um, are playing twice a week up until Christmas. I don't know if they're still in the League Cup, but if you you know if you want to go and win everything this season, they're, uh, you, you have to you're more or less playing every single midweek right the way through. And and I just think you look at us who today we're missing Thiago, Henderson, Salah, Trent Alexander-Arnold. That's four of your best attacking players, the guys you can pick that hole that can unlock that defence. As well as your two centre has Van Dijk and Gomez on top of various other different injuries. And we just find a window a way to win like that. And I'm not quite sure Spurs are going to be able to do that, say, if a king gets injured or a Song gets injured. And Lucas Mora, who is a decent player, but it, it makes a massive difference if he's in there instead of either of those two. Um and the second thing is I've seen a lot of people saying, you know, about the points tally this season won't be anywhere near what it's been in the last few years. Like City obviously got 100 and then uh, 98. We got 97 that season and then 99. And people seem desperate that uh, that's not going to be matched again. But what I would say to that is there is a possibility of that. Of course there is. Um, however, if you look at this season, apart from Aston Villa, which is anomaly, which is an anomaly, sorry, that we can maybe put in the same bracket as Watford last year. We're actually we're actually better off than last season. So you know the Goodison draws always a dar- uh, Goodison Derby is always a draw. It has been for the last four or five years away from home, and the last three years we've picked up nothing at Man City where we've picked something up there last week. Um, so the level we're going at, take Villa out of the equation, I think we can say now that that is absolutely an anomaly. Uh, take that out of the equation and we're going at the same rate. And I wouldn't bet against us getting, I'd say ninety-five points minimum this season. Um, And you think talk about Spurs and Chelsea, and they are looking good. And, you know, Ziyech, my God, he looks like a fantastic player, uh, along with Havertz and Werner, who are just going to score goals for fun this season. And Spurs as well are playing so well. But my issue is, you know, yes, in any normal season, those two teams would be title contenders. Absolutely, they would be. There's no doubt about it that those two teams um, six or seven years ago would be fighting for this title and in some years might even be running away with it but this isn't a normal season. It hasn't been for three years. Liverpool and Man City are getting astronomical level performances and points total season on season on season. Um, And I've just, I'll need a lot more evidence before I can, before I sort of, well, either, either it'll be us dropping five, 10 points and them gaining, then having a wonderful season getting, I think they will need to get, you know, 1995 points to be even making it a challenge. Um, and yeah, at the minute I just can't see it. I could be proven wrong. They could go on a mad run, but I just don't think. I think, as I say, a team that normally would be in a title race are 10, 15 points adrift with the quality of this Liverpool and Man City side.
0: Yeah, uh, that's that's all. That's all absolutely fair. And Jay, you know, Andy, Andy makes a couple of interesting points there. Um, I think we're we've been very much obsessed with the players that we don't have available at the moment, largely due to injury and rightly so, because there's some big, big names out in there some, you know, incredible players, an outrageous amount of talent that's, that's not there for, at our disposal but, you know, I think we need to take a step back and take stock and consider that at some point or another throughout the season all teams are going to suffer from this, all teams are going to suffer from this, what we have shown, which might not be the case for other sides, is that we actually have the quality, the the manager, and the system that players can just slip in and out of because it's so well-drilled to be able to cope with those losses. Whereas, as Andy says, you don't really see a Spurs or any other team like that to be able to continue to deliver the results that we've been delivering if and when they have to go through a period of time where they have a similar sort of injury situation as we do They are going to get injuries, it's a fact
3: and I know I I haven't seen it fully but I know there's a clip doing the rounds of Klopp going a bit off the rails tonight and having to pop about injuries and stuff like that and He's not the only one. I think Pep and Oli sort of had a little moan pre-international break about it. But Jose's sort of had a niggle. But once Kane gets injured, he's going to go off the rails. Once the likes of Rashford or Fernandez get injured, they're going to go off the rails uh United. Um a couple more do more mean Jesus off 30. the rails? I mean, you not like, have to get gonna... on the rails before you come off them? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like you know, the, the, the public rants are going to be out there Maybe yeah. then that's when we see the five subs and stuff. But as Andy rightly pointed out, that like Spurs, especially, have, have got quite good with injuries this season. I don't think they've had anyone severe. I think Aldevire went off at the weekend with a potential groin stream. But other than that, I, I can't really see any key players that they've been missing. And they're playing in the pisspot Europa League. They're playing, you know, Shakhtar, Farmers United, and Union goat herders whoever, I don't know, they're playing these no marks in Europe on a Thursday night, so they can put out reserve teams and they're getting results. I so they've got they've got the flexibility to rotate their squad. Um with the likes of Liverpool, City, United and Chelsea to an extent so They're playing in the Champions League a harder competition. They've got to put at least a bit more of a, a sterner test out. So it's a bit a bit of an unlevel playing field so far, but I'm not worried, especially not with Spurs. Spurs will bottle it. Spurs will be Spurs. No matter what you do with, with Jose, I know he's a prolific winner, but Jose's not the manager he was 12 years ago. Um, I can comfortably say we'll be ahead by Christmas by at least six points. Um, oh. Easy. I'm not, I'm, I'm not even scared to say that, because with the injuries we've got, we've we've played the hard games. We've got Spurs to come. They'll look at that tonight thinking... Leicester could go there and give them a challenge. We've just slapped them down like kids in the playground. Like, we made nothing of them tonight. And two weeks' time, three weeks' time, is it when Spurs come to us? We could potentially have Trent back by then. Henderson should be back in the team. Thiago should be fit and running up by then. Salah will be back in the team. Ox could even be knocking on the door. Like You put them four to five players in and compared to what we had on the bench tonight, then you're looking at a strong. 16 17 players there so it does, doesn't fear anything in me and i know it's a not a level playing field with the fans and stuff like that but i think the players are more than used to this by now they've just gone out there and got on with it but the mentality monsters for the reason we just get on with the job we just do it so i ain't worried
0: at all yeah it's, it's the point you make about um players getting used to empty stadiums, I think that that's really fair, and I think you can see it in the sort of, you can see it in the way that the results are starting to settle down within the division. Um, you're not really seeing, for the last few weeks, crazy, ridiculous score lines and teams going out and falling to bits. And um, you're Just, just to- on that, I think we've
3: got a team of, I think we've touched on before. we've got a team of leaders, and I know we're missing a few, um, You can hear it on the telly. Like tonight, it was Milner more than anyone. You could hear Milner shouting, "Henderson, when he's on the pitch." And you don't necessarily hear it, but we've got leaders in Manny, Salah, Ginny, all captain the country, and Fabinho, a leader at the back. He doesn't have to do much and say much, but he just leads by example, and you can just see it. Where the likes of City, I think we've said this before, they've lost leaders in company and David Silva, Aguero to injury, Fernandinho to injury. They've never replaced them. I know they've got a little bit more solidity at the back with Diaz and Laporte there, but they've not got leaders. And with no fans in the pitch, in the stands, you can hear these players on the pitch even more. And if you've got Milner and Henderson constantly chirping away for 90 minutes, surely that must be a bit more of a distraction for the opposition. Because when you've got fans there, it might get droned out a bit. But when you've got them and you've obviously got Klopp and the other coaches on the sideline cheering away, that's obviously got to be a small advantage.
0: I, I I don't know how much, but it's got to be something. Yeah, it's, it's there's there's certainly an argument for that, and you could argue that it's it's looking that way. So let's Beryl, let's look ahead to Wednesday night Champions League. It's nine from nine. Um, we're absolutely romping it at the minute, which is great. Um, Atlanta come to Anfield after getting spanked at home by the Mighty Reds. So there's a chance here that we can put this group to bed on Wednesday night. Now, I know that there, <laughs> as far as rotation goes, um, we don't really have uh, the players available to be able to rotate massively, but I suppose the best que- the best way I can ask this question is: Who do you expect to be taken out for Wednesday, given that we've a really quick turnaround, just twelve thirty Saturday away at Brighton?
1: Yeah, well, uh, th- th- this is a difficult question because um, yeah, we we all saw uh, what a difference. Um, uh, a real central defender, plus uh, someone who is uh, really competent at, at central defense, makes because um, uh, both Mathip and Fabinho were, were quietly brilliant, I think, uh, in those positions. Uh, but then again, uh, both of them uh, have been out with uh, with injuries, and and you shouldn't uh, overburden them and 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 um, let them play uh, two two games in a week. I think. Um, we have a bit of a buffer, um, having won the first three uh, games uh, um, in this group. So, yeah, I, I think we could take a chance. Uh, I'm, uh, if if, if Reese Williams is, uh, is fit, I'm, I'm sure he will play. And, you know, someone needs to play alongside him. And, and maybe one half Matip, one half Fabinho, I don't know. Or or we play with. We can't play with Ned Phillips because he he isn't registered. Uh, and, and neither is Reese Williams. But uh, but he's uh, an under 21 player, so he can play anyhow. So uh, uh, I don't know. But but I don't think we will see the same central defense uh, central defensive pairing that we have seen uh, tonight uh, because you know, we need them uh, and, and we don't need them against Atalanta or, uh, at this point as much as we need them in the in the Premier League, I think. Um, uh, furthermore, um, well, we lost Navi Keita. I don't know for uh, how long. Um, Curtis Jones seems to be uh, um, indestructible at this point. Um, I, I don't want to break him, but uh, he might play. Um, I think Jake Kane was on the bench today, so maybe he can play. There were rumors that Thiago was almost fit; he could play. Um, I don't know if uh, if it's a chance they want to take with him. Um, but uh, I, I the, the last time no, I, I was against uh, against Ajax when uh, when Klopp said that that the uh, that, the, that the, the selection was. Uh, was based on what the, the, the medical team said and, and not so much on any on on other uh, um, uh, considerations. And I think this might be the case again. Uh, again, because we have a buffer, um, we don't really care. We want to win and, and just, you know, finish this. And at the same time, you, do, you don't want to take chances um, doing so. So I, I couldn't, I couldn't tell you. I, I, I really don't know what will happen and, and how we will play. But I'm, I'm fairly confident uh, that we will win all the same.
0: Yeah, um, Andy, it's, it's, uh, it's really one of those games where you, you're not that concerned about who plays at the back. You just want the big hitters up front because you know they're going to get chances, and you know if you've got. You know Mane Salazar or Firmino available that you're probably going to stick the ball in the net two three times at least. But are there? Is there anybody in that side that you expect to see taken out? And you know, you think Mo will come back in, he's had his isolation period, should be finished, I think. Um, and he that's just a nice... tested negative, he tested yeah. negative in the last half hour. Happy days, so you know, he's had a nice little rest there. Um but I don't know. There's guys who've been away playing a lot of international football. They've travelled a lot. Who do you expect to maybe be taken out with with Brighton in consideration?
2: I I actually think you're going to go mad team, aren't you? I you're am, a yeah.
0: Mental league cup team.
2: Yeah, I am. Uh, I sort of scribbled down a team. It's difficult, obviously, because we don't know where the situation is with like Henderson, Thiago, etc. But. Um, the only one I've struggled with is the other sort of centre-half with Reese Williams. At the minute, it's me, but I'll need to see if I can get it off work. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, listen, here's the thing. Absolutely agree with everything you and everyone else has said there. Uh, we want to win this group. It's a great opportunity to win this group. And the front three or four, whoever you're playing, are going to get... like it's gonna, it's, It would be an amazing game to watch against Atalanta, again, like it was um, when we schooled them a couple of weeks ago. However, I think... <laughs> the idea of winning the group is just a luxury that we can't afford to put everything into at the minute with the injury situation. Um, And I know that's, that's just such a, I know there are five subs and I know that's just like a grim sort of situation to be in. However, nine points, nine points was enough the year we won it. I think in 2019, I think we got through the group with nine points. Uh, whenever our group with PSG and Napoli was, uh, we won all three at home and lost all three away. Um, I I just think because you've got that Michelin game last day, if you absolutely need it, you can play a full team and you can snot them, and um, you know what I mean. So I think these two games, given the ridiculousness of the schedule, given that Christmas is still gonna come up on Christmas, like you already see injuries around Christmas, it's gonna be absolutely off the charts this year. I think you need to use this to, just to kind of give them a couple of, a bit of a winter break. Um, you probably bring Salah back in, um, and but absolutely manages minutes as well, because he has had the international uh, fixtures. I, I'll, I'll tell you what I've got written down. Allison, Nico Williams, Reese Williams, um, anyone who's not mad Fabinho, basically. Samikas, Henderson, Thiago, if they're fit, uh, and then Minamino, Shakiri, Origi, Like That's not going to be popular, but it, at this stage, at this sort of crisis stage of injuries, um, it's what I would personally do um, before more disaster strikes you know what i mean because we could play the full team in atlantic you get a result and then you're looking at having to play a full team against ajax and we all know what's going to happen we all know how intense club's training regime is anyway never mind all these fixtures and just having just quickly uh i had a quick look at the sort of groups um and who's leading the groups at the minute and who's looking likely to finish second um and Look, you've got Bayern and Atalanta, or Bayern and Atletico Madrid in a grip. You've Barcelona and Juve in a grip. You've United, Leipzig, and PSG in a grip. Um, obviously we can't draw. We can't draw Man United. You've mentioned M- 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 Gladbach, Real, and Inter in a grip. Like, <sighs> okay, yes, Sevilla at the minute look like they're gonna finish second. Lazio look like they're gonna finish second. You've a chance of drawing that, but you can also draw Juve anyway. Um, and you know there are there are rubbish groups as well you know there's always a, a, a crap group with with four rubbish teams in it because you know the pot one teams these days are, are just the eight league winners from the eight best leagues in Europe but that always encompasses like a Russia and a, a Portugal whatever so you always see like a, a locomotive Moscow as, as first seeds and you know okay it does give you a better chance of getting a draw but like you look at Real Madrid there I mean are you afraid of Real Madrid I'm not I think we'd snot them over two legs and um, you know, yes, finishing first, it would, be a, it would be a lovely luxury. I still think we can do it anyway. I still think we can get a result against Atalanta with that team. Even if we don't, we're still another two. You'd expect Michieland to be three points, fingers crossed. That's 12. You're looking good to top the group anyway, and I think you really have to look at game management more than ever before.
0: Yeah, game management is, is going to be... It's gonna be key. And I think Beryl made a good point that you know the against Ajax it's pretty much a medical department picked the side. And um, I don't know, Jay. Um just to finish us off, what do you what sort of team do you expect? I'm looking at don't think Milner's gonna play because you're asking him to play what three and seven then? Um I think he'll probably Maybe, take yeah. yeah, I think he'll probably take Robbo out. Um aside from that. I have no idea because there's not, you know, you. If you start taking any other boys out, bar bringing, bar bringing, Mo in, particularly in the midfield, you really are looking down into the, into the under 23s, then aren't you? Pretty much, given what we've got available, I think
3: we. We've seen Nico at right back. We'll see Reece in centre half. I think there's quite an option for us to play. 45 for Matip and because you've got five subs. and I love that we half time sobbed great. It doesn't take away up. that if you make the half time sub, you've still got three options to, to make another sub in the second half. So even though you can make five subs, you've got to make them on three intervals, but the half time interval doesn't count. So you can make a half time sub and still have the option to change it three more oh, times. Oh, I
0: didn't
3: know half. that. That's interesting. Yep. So why not give give the lads 45 each you're at home you're not travelling anywhere you shouldn't exert them too much it keeps them both ticking over Um and in theory 45 minutes should be sound for both of them I'd like to see Simicast come in a left back get a game give Robbo a breather as good as Robbo's been he had a little twinge for Scotland so you know if you can give him a full 5 or 6 days break between games then that'd be sound Um I think Ginny starts, I think Jones starts, that midfield spot then, it's down to who's fit. Um, I think we could see Thiago, and I think we could see 55-60 minutes out of him. Um, And then the front three, go with the front three that started tonight. Unless Klopp does want to make changes, then you could see Minamino or Divock come in. Um, But, as I say, with these five subs, you could go out there, you could nail the game in 60 minutes, and you can take the front three off. You can put Minamino, Divock, and whoever else on. I don't know who's available. Maybe Paul Glatz or someone else we've got in the under-23s who might get a game, because you got eight subs, obviously. I think at seven or eight subs, you would the lad on the bench. Um, Bring back Bobby Duncan
0: for a game or something. I don't even care. Fuck that fraud. Um, <laughs> But yeah,
3: I I, I go, and, go and win the game. Then you've got two free hits. Then like you've got to weigh. I think you've got to weigh it up that if you if you nail this game, you've got two free hits. I know you could potentially come out of this game with a loss or a defeat, but then you've still got to get a result in one of the other games in 30. And I know as you've just said, it could be whoever you get in the next end end of the group. And they just said that it could be any teams we wouldn't be scared of them but I think you've got a game management over the season and if we can nail it this week then we've got two free hits that we can just send anyone to and if that's that that's for me is logic rather than risk trying to put another decent team out two or three games down the line. So that's how I'd do it but I'm not the manager.
0: Yeah. Um and thank God for that yeah yeah <laughs> uh, <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't be sat on my bed in my undies uh, talking to you. <laughs> no, thanks to the thanks for the mental. Before we go, um, all right. Well, listen, um, lads, that'll do us. I think. Thanks for joining me. Um, Atlanta during the week. Um, they really only know how to play one way. I expect us to go and bash in our three or four, five goals in against them. I don't think it'll be much of a problem. Um. <laughs> So, until the lads come to speak to you after then, um, hopefully they have as much fun as we did. Up the clean seat, review Reds.